0: Thanks for joining me. Welcome to another episode of Business and Legal Q&A Live. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. Today is July 14th, 2015, and we're going to be tackling a question that comes in all the way from Glens Falls, New York, and uh, by the way, a beautiful area of upstate New York right outside of Lake George, New York, which is probably one of my favorite summer places to pop in and visit. Um, Beautiful lake, really, really clean and it's it's a fun little town um they always have like these these huge biker conventions and stuff and you can go see some of these these unbelievable bikes and uh there's sailing on the lake just so much to do up there up nestled in the adirondack mountains so um one of my favorite places and we're going to be answering a question today that involves neighbors so this is something that i think is really important for all of us because Everybody, whether you're in a condo, an apartment, a home, even if you live in a cardboard box, you're going to have neighbors that you're going to have to deal with. And I mean, it's just the source of so much frustration for so many people. You know, it's just something where you don't want to come home at night because you can't stand the neighbors that you're living next to because they're doing something to you or they're saying something about you. So we're going to answer that question that um, was submitted today about neighbors. And I think you might be surprised by what I have to say. So just before we get going, a couple housekeeping uh, matters I want to just touch on. If you are interested in learning more about what we do here on UTL Radio and what our purpose is and, you know, what sort of programming we have, check out utlradio.com. It was just recently updated. And it's, um, I think it's a much better site than what it was. It has links to all of the podcasts. It has links to the videos. There's just a wealth of information there. So check that out and see what we've done with utlradio.com. The other thing I just want to highlight is, you know, the name of this program is Understanding the Law Radio. And I think that sometimes people, you know, think, oh, it's just a legal show. Really, what we want to be is your business success and legal information station. And we want to give you more than just law. Because first of all, law is boring. Second of all, we don't want to hear about law all the time. We want to hear about the laws of success, the laws of business, you know, the laws of becoming better people. And, and that's what I like to think of them. You know, some people say, you know, we'll call them rules, we'll call them Uh, codes, but I like to think of them as laws. And so that's sort of the premise behind Understanding the Law Radio. And if you want to learn more about that, then check check it out, utlradio.com. The other thing I want to mention is that we are a -a four-day-a-week show right now. We have Mondays. We've got Legal and Business Week in Review, where we go through some of the past week's top legal stories or business stories, and we explain how it impacts you, what it means to you, what it means for you. And then Tuesdays is our business and legal Q&A live, which is what you are listening to right now. Wednesdays, brand new show, and um, that is the brand new on a different note music show. So it's pretty cool because we talk about music, business, and law, and how they're all interconnected. Because if you're a musician, you must deal with business. And you must deal with law at some point in your career. And then Thursdays we've got our Understanding Business show where we conduct interviews of successful people, uh, up-and-coming entrepreneurs or people who have already been around the block and have made a success out of themselves. This Thursday, by the way, we have the founder of Death Wish Coffee going to be on the show, Understanding Business. And I'll tell you something about Death Wish Coffee. I was not asked to have them on the show. I wasn't, you know, given a sample of the coffee to try. I bought it myself and I said, well, this is the best coffee I've ever, ever had. And it's really true. The best. And um, that's how this interview that we scheduled for Thursday came about. I I don't really like to just promote products for the sake of affiliate advertising or any of that stuff. If I really believe in something, then I'm going to, to mention it. I'm going to talk about it. Death Wish Coffee, I'm really excited to talk to them about their their creation and how they went from a simple coffee shop to what I think is one of of my favorite, if not my favorite, brand of coffee out there. So that's this Thursday. All shows start at 10 a.m. live, um, Eastern Time, and you can obviously subscribe on YouTube, on iTunes, uh, through... SoundCloud, I mean, there's so many, through Stitcher, there's so many ways to subscribe, and they're all listed on utlradio.com. Now, one more thing I just want to ask uh, all of you, Um, I really, really appreciate your feedback. It means so much to me because it helps me create better content for you. I would really appreciate it if you would just take a second and maybe uh, give us a positive review on iTunes, Or a thumbs up or, you know, just let us know that uh, you like what's going on here and and your feedback and and that review that you could give would be so helpful to us and it would mean so much to me personally. So uh, whether it's YouTube and you're going to give a thumbs up or you're going to subscribe, iTunes, whatever you do, I really appreciate it. And I want to thank you in advance for taking the time out of your busy day to review and and and. Post positively about this show. All right, now let's get into it. Uh, <clears throat> here is the question. And it was submitted by April Evans, again from Blends Falls, New York. April, you will be receiving a UDL radio mug, so thank you for your question. April says I'm having a terrible time with my neighbors. They argue with me over everything, including my apple tree that has branches that hang over their property, my driveway the noise my kids make, everything. All of the complaints are unjustified. My question is, what can I do? And in general, what advice can you offer about dealing with nasty neighbors? Okay, so first of all, like I said at the top of the show, neighbors are something that, um, unless you live in a farm in Oregon where your neighbors are three miles away, we all have to deal with. And from my, my personal experience, You know, I live in a town where the houses are relatively close together, and so you can't avoid contact with your neighbors. Some of the houses have shared driveways. Uh, Some of them are just very, very close. So I, from a firsthand perspective, understand neighbor issues, and I also happen to, unfortunately, be involved as an attorney in some of these neighbor disputes, and I say, unfortunately, for a good reason. And I want to—I want to tell you something that I think will probably surprise you, because I would imagine that most of you out there think that that my suggested course of action in a neighbor dispute would be to get a lawyer, and that's exactly the opposite of what my advice to you is. So before I get into uh, what you should do and the steps that you should take, I want to just go over some statistics talking about some of those neighbor disputes that are most common and the ones that you are probably most familiar with. Now, 48% of all disputes in the U.S. between neighbors arise out of noise complaints, okay? Late night parties, uh, music, somebody playing an instrument. So, 48% of all neighbor issues arise out of noise. Uh, 29% Arise out of pets and animals. So whether it's a dog barking or your cat wandering over to the neighbor's yard, 29% pets and animals. 21% is children's behavior. Um, children running into the property, being loud, defacing property, uh, throwing your your wiffle ball into the neighbor's yard repeatedly, and then going in there and stepping on their flowers. So you know that's all the stuff that that they say children do so 21% children's behavior uh, around 18% a visual nuisance The the property's appearance whether you leave your garbage cans out whether you don't mow your lawn uh, maybe you have a lot of construction debris piled in the backyard and then 17% and keep in mind I haven't added these percentages up I hope they add up to 100 but uh, 17% are property boundaries so, where's your property line? And you're over my property line, that sort of thing. So, here's what most people would think that I would tell you go get a lawyer, right? And surprisingly, I'm going to suggest to you that you rarely get a lawyer. And I'm also going to suggest to you that you rarely call the police. So, why am I saying these things? What, what kind of advice? You know, am I giving April here who has a problem? Well, before I answer April's question about the complaints that her neighbors are making about the kids, let me explain a little bit about what sort of issues can arise if you call the police, if you get a lawyer, if you file a lawsuit, and I think that might help answer some of April's questions, and then we'll finish up by addressing her specific issue with her children. Um, Okay, so first of all, when you call the police, which is probably what a lot of people would think to do, you're going to have a, a, a possible issue on your hands. First issue is unless it is a criminal matter, the police cannot help you. They are not going to be able to come out and deal with an apple tree that has limbs hanging over into your neighbor's yard. That's a civil matter. There is no criminal law. There is no, you know, uh, ordinance. There's no statute. There's nothing that the police can do because their only obligation, their only public servant duty is to enforce the laws. They're law enforcement officers. They don't write the law. They can't create the law. They just enforce the law. So if it's a civil matter, the police aren't going to help you. They're not going to tell you what to do with your apple tree. If it's a criminal matter or violates a local ordinance, maybe they'll do something. Maybe. It depends. It depends on how invested they want to get into your situation. If it's a complaint about the the lawn, Right, your, your grass is too high because a lot of towns throughout the U.S., they have these ordinances that say you've got to maintain your lawn and, and you, know, you can't have grass, blades of grass that grow over X amount of inches. So maybe your neighbor doesn't like the way that your property looks and your neighbor calls the police and says to the police, look, their lawn is too high. Maybe the police will do something. More likely than not, the police will say, okay, we'll make a note of it they'll go back to town hall, and they'll tell whoever the code enforcement officer is for that, maybe your neighbors will get a fine, maybe they'll get a warning. Calling the police is an immediate escalation of the issue that you have with your neighbor, because once you call the police, there is very little hope that you and your neighbor are going to be able to resolve your issues in an amicable fashion because they're probably pretty pissed that you called the police. And that's the reality of it. Imagine you're sitting at home and your neighbor calls the police on you. Aren't you going to be so irate just simply by the fact that they call the police that you're not even going to really think about whether or not something you did or are doing maybe is creating an issue for your neighbor? You're not even going to care. You're going to be so angry. At least that's how most people are. You're going to be so angry that they had the gall to call the police on you that you're not going to work towards resolution. Okay. So I don't believe police is your first call. And I don't believe lawyer is even your fifth action to take. Once you involve a lawyer, A, it's going to be expensive. B, it's going to be time consuming. And C, it is not going to end well. There are rare occasions where maybe you need to file a lawsuit, maybe you need to do something that involves a lawyer or even the police, especially if your neighbor is becoming aggressive and belligerent. And we'll talk about that. But, but those are rare instances. For most of us, it is an inconvenience, a nuisance when we have to deal with nasty neighbors. So that's what I want to focus on And then we'll touch on just simply some of those extraordinary circumstances. But in general, what I suggest that you do is, number one, if you are the person who wants to complain about the neighbor, if the neighbor is causing a problem for you, and it could be anything from your tree or their tree that's in your yard, their kids that are in your yard, first of all, You should take a step back and identify the issue. What is the issue that you're upset with? Because you need to have clarity before you do anything. And and this isn't just for neighbor disputes. This is for any dispute in your life. But uh, attaining clarity is probably one of the most important initial steps that you can take. Why are you upset? Are you upset because you don't like the way your neighbor looks or acts Are you upset because you think that the way your neighbor's house is brings your property value down? Or are you really upset because their children come into your yard and crush your flowers? What what is the real issue? Identify that. Now that you've identified it, you want to go back and you want to review what the ordinances are in your town. And make certain that there is no you know, ordinance in place that could help you way down the line, right? Because, you know, going that legal route way down the line, but you want to at least be aware of your rights, aware of what, you know, the ordinance says. So for example, is there an ordinance about kids coming into your yard? I would almost guarantee you that there is not. Could there be a civil trespassing law that maybe they're violating, that escalates this whole thing, right? That's gonna make it very uncomfortable, more than it is now for you to live next door to your neighbor, probably. So, you know, put it in your back pocket, just be aware of it. And, and if something were to come about that, that you know, maybe your, your neighbor acts aggressively towards you, now you know what the ordinance is, what the law is. That's important, knowledge is important, Now we've got to figure out what you do with that knowledge. Step three, what I would suggest is go talk to your neighbor. You know, a lot of times we don't want to do that. We don't like our neighbor just for whatever reason. We don't like the way they look. We don't like the way they dress. We don't like the way they park their car. We don't like the car they drive. We don't like anything about them. But you know what? If you go and talk to your neighbor more than 49% of disputes can be amicably resolved simply by communicating verbally with your neighbor. That's more than half. So a lot of times, your neighbor is not even aware of what they or their children or their pets are doing. You know, you're aware because it's happening to you, but maybe they're not so aware. Maybe it wouldn't bother them if your children ran into their yard. And so the verbal explanation to them, the the initial, hey, listen, uh, got a second for me, buddy, because I just want to talk to you. You know, your kids, they're running in my yard. I I know their ball goes back there, but they're stepping on my my flowers. They're stepping in my garden. And, you know, I took a lot of time to plant them. It's a lot of money. Do you think that you could do something? prevent your kids from running into my yard and it's the way that you approach it you know obviously common sense dictates that if you go up to your neighbor and you say listen to me you son of a bitch your kids you're those bastards of yours are running around my backyard where do you think that's going to go so you know you have to be able to rein your emotions in control your emotions emotions have no part in disputes they have no part in legal disputes they have no part in a courtroom they have no part really in any dispute that you have you know and i know it's it's totally totally hard but even to the extent that you're having a dispute amongst your family emotions just they don't have a place you know how when you're you know highly volatile and you're in an emotional state things can just go out of hand get out of hand so quickly and it's one thing with a family because oftentimes you're able to reconcile because you are family. But it's another thing when you've got a neighbor who doesn't care about what you say or do. All they know is that you're attacking them. So the initial approach is very important. Don't go out and be a jerk. Even if you're mad, take, take some time. Take a few deep breaths. Go think about what you're going to say. Think about what you want to accomplish. Do you wanna tell them off? Is that what you wanna accomplish? You wanna you know, give them some, some zingers and, and call them some, some bad words and then walk away? Or do you want the kids to stop running in your backyard? I think you probably want the kids to stop crushing your flowers. So know your goal, know your outcome. Don't just go in there like a, a bull in a china shop. Go up to your neighbor, ask nicely. Listen, you have a few minutes. I just want to talk to you about a situation, and 49% of the time, your neighbor is going to say, oh, I didn't even realize it. Yes, no problem. I'm really sorry about that. 49% of the time, you've just eradicated almost half of the situations that you're going to deal with, okay? Now, what do you do when you've got a neighbor that doesn't take kindly to your initial verbal request? Do you go call the police now? No. What I suggest is you write a letter. Listen, I spoke to you on Tuesday. I told you about your kids, and I'm really hoping that we can resolve this in an amicable fashion. Um, you know, if, if you'd like to talk more about this, I'm open. Um, you know, something to that effect. It's just something that's not put it in writing because statistically, you're going to knock out another 25 to 30% of neighbor disputes now that you've written a letter. I'll give you an example. So we live on a street where there are some two-family houses, and some of them don't have driveways. And a lot of these, these people have to park on the street. And so there's this one family that lives down the street from us that does not have a driveway, and they have three or four cars for that household, and they park it on the street. Okay, that's fine. But my area in front of my house where there is a a curb and a sidewalk, it can fit two size cars parked alongside in between my driveway and my neighbor's driveway. So, you know, picture that you've got a curb and you've got two cars that are, you know, very close to one another in front. And it still allows enough room for me to get out of my driveway and my neighbors to get out of their driveway. Now, this woman who lives in the house has like this gigantic boat, not a real boat, but a car. And it's like one of these 1970s boats. It's huge. This thing is so big. Uh, like you could put a little jacuzzi in the back it's so big that's it's just one of those old cars and her daughter drives it and when there's not enough room to park elsewhere on the street she'll occasionally park it behind a car in front of my house but the tail end of her car being that it's a boat goes beyond the curb and into my driveway and now i can't back my car up so what do i do you know here I am, I've got to get to work, or I've got to get to the store, or I've got to pick up my kids, and I, I there's, she's nowhere around, this car's in front of my driveway, what do I do? Do I take the car and and, and and smash it with a sledgehammer? Do I take my car and back up into it? No, no, I don't do any of those things, okay? So what do you do in a situation like that? Well, I went, and I rang the doorbell, and I said, listen, your daughter's car is blocking my driveway, can you please move it? Oh, sure, sure, no problem. They come out, they move the car, I leave. A couple days later, now you'd think with that verbal request that they would have learned, okay, let's not park our car in their driveway, right? But of course they don't. I don't think these people were being malicious at all. I just don't think they thought. You know, they're thinking about other things. They don't even care because that's how we are as a society. Oftentimes we just don't care about other people and we don't think about other people. It's not that we're intentionally out to get them. Some people are, but we're talking about 2%. So here we go, days later, same thing happens. Can't get out of my driveway. All right. So this time, I go down and I ask her again. She agrees. And I go home and I write a note. And I stick it in her mailbox. And I stick a copy of it on the top of her car, under her, her windshield, um, her windshield wipers. And she she got it because she's never done it again. And I see her and I wave to her and she waves back to me. And we're okay. Now, I could have, and I know people that would have called the police. And they would have said, this is a, an ordinance. They're blocking my driveway. I want them towed. You know, remember that old adage that you catch more flies with honey? It's so true. If I had brought the police out for that issue that I I easily resolved myself, it would have created hostility. If you're dealing with somebody that gets really angry at the fact that you called the police, maybe her daughter would deliberately do it all the time. Because it's not like she's going to get fined. She's not going to be arrested. They're just going to do it now to annoy me. So haven't you known or don't you know of people that um, act aggressively towards a neighbor and now the neighbor just does it to whatever it is. They, they do that thing that's annoying. They do it more just to annoy you more. So I think that, you know, writing that letter is that second step after your verbal discussion, your oral discussion with them. Now you're going to write that letter and you're going to knock out almost 80, 85, maybe 75% of your disputes. Now, those rare instances, right? The ones I said, you know, just you need to, to do something about it. Well, clearly, if you are communicating something to your neighbor, and um, let's, let's say that it's the car situation again, and you ask them to move and they don't, and you then give them a letter and they don't, and maybe you give them another letter and they still don't, then you probably have no option but to call the police. And you have to be aware of the fact that it's going to create probably increased hostility, but at that point, you have no other options. They've left you no options, but you have to understand that the police to me are a near last resort. Now, let's assume that that neighbor Who's really mad at you because you called the police? Now is coming to your house at night, throwing nails under your tires, slashing your tires, you know, putting sugar in your gas tank, um, doing things that clearly are illegal, clearly violate the law, clearly are something that you're not going to be able to reason with them. Hey, by the way, can you stop popping my tires? That's not going to happen, right? Okay, then at that point you go to back to the police and maybe you need to get a lawyer. Maybe you can sue them for damages. Maybe you can look to get some sort of temporary restraining order, but that is 2% or less of the, of the situations that you're going to encounter because getting a lawyer is not the best idea in neighbor disputes it's not a good idea because of the money, the time, and the animosity that is going to build up. Now, there is an alternative between your letter writing and getting that lawyer and, and escalating this, okay? And that's mediation. That is, you know, sitting down with your neighbor, with a neutral third party, a mediator, and trying to work out your differences. And you know that it's it's some astronomical statistic like 79 percent of people will always follow the mediation agreement that they've worked out together, and only something like 49 or 42 percent of people follow a court order that they've obtained through litigation. You believe that, and I think that the philosophy is well, we worked hard at this mediation process. And we're going to make it work, and we were agreeable to that. We decided on our own instead of a court deciding, because you know what—that judge was wrong. Oh, and by the way, my neighbor knew that judge. Those are the things that go through people's heads, right? So you're more likely, believe it or not, you're more likely to work out your differences through mediation than through the court process. That's why I'm telling you, in my opinion, police and courts are one of your last resorts, only in situations that have escalated on a reasonable uh, amount of, of tension, where people are doing things that are aggressive and, and nasty. And, you know, they're, they're, there's a couple stories recently that I've seen where somebody was angry with the amount of um, noise that was being made. So they took a bulldozer and bull, – like, not a bulldozer, one of those um, – I don't know what you call them, those small little things – um, you can rent them from the day sometimes from Home Depot. I don't know what they, they call them. But they are these little things that look like little bulldozers. They've got a little arm on them, and a little push shield. Is that the worst description ever? It totally is. But you get the idea, hopefully. And they came in and they bulldozed portions of the backyard and the fence. Now, yeah, you call the police because that's illegal and you sue them for the damage. But that's extreme. How many of your neighbors have done that? Hopefully not too many. So that's how I would suggest that you approach neighbor disputes. And it sounds like, well, that's easier said than done. But you know what? I would rather bite the bullet and deal with that uncomfortable moment where I'm talking to my neighbor about something that they're doing that I don't like rather than be in a lawsuit. Now, I want to tell you a couple stories before I get to the story. I want to address one issue with April's question in particular, the idea of the tree. And, and, you know, I'm going to illustrate this with a story, but did you know that if your neighbor's tree is growing into your yard, in other words, branches are hanging over into your yard, you can trim those branches that have crossed over to your yard, but you cannot hurt the tree. You can't destroy the tree. You can't poison the tree. You can't cut down the tree. And that's something that I think that oftentimes people do. I mean, I've seen people really behaving badly where they try to poison the tree, they try to cut a root. they you know. A few years ago, well, more than a few years ago, almost 10 years ago, I was involved in a case out in Long Island, New York, where uh, LIPA, who is the public service and gas company, the electric company, they had been called out to a property because the power lines that were going into the back of this person's house um, were being bumped around. They were overgrown by trees. So they were coming to trim those limbs off the backyard area of this house where it was touching the life of power lines. Now picture this if you will. Two houses side by side, separated by a picket fence. The house on the left has a tree right next to the picket fence on their side of the fence the other house does not so lipa is at the house where they are where that tree is right on that side of the fence they're done in the backyard and on the way out um the homeowner says to lipa hey listen i know you guys are not here for this but would you be willing Would you be kind enough to maybe come back at a later time? I'll pay you separately. And could you cut down this tree? This tree is um, just so annoying and I need it down. So LIPA comes back later on. Now they're off duty and they apparently had like private contracting companies that they ran on the side. They go out and they cut down this tree. The next day, the neighbor goes crazy where's my tree? And so the guy who had the tree on his side of the fence said, what are you talking about? So he pulls out a property survey and that tree was on the neighbor's property line, even though it was on the other side of the fence. And that neighbor said, listen, when we originally bought this house, your house was owned by somebody else. And we struck a deal about where they were going to place this fence, simply because of the root structure of the tree. It wouldn't allow for the fence to be placed, you know, over here. So we allowed them to put it on the other side of our property line, but we maintained control of the property. And you should have known that because when you purchased the house, you obtained a survey and that survey should have shown you that the tree was in fact on our property. Now, they tried to resolve it, they sat down and they talked, and uh, the neighbor who cut down the tree said, go out and get a price for me of what that tree would cost, and we'll see if we can resolve it. So they go out and they get a price of $85,000 for this tree. That's no joke, $85,000, because it's an old tree. It was huge, huge. It had been there for like 100 years. And so in order to get a tree transplanted of similar size, it was going to be $85,000. And, of course, the guy who cut down the tree didn't have it. And then the homeowner next door, the neighbor whose tree it was, ended up suing the contractors who cut down the tree, the uh, the neighbor who gave the okay to cut down the tree, and it lasted for two years, two years. So the relationship was completely destroyed. Um, two years of their lives. I think that the plaintiff, the guy who had lost his tree to the neighbor, probably spent close to what he ultimately received in a settlement for the tree. And it was not eighty five thousand dollars But my point is, is that, you know, there are times, yeah, well, well, there's just nothing you can do. You're going to have to go out and you're going to have to get a lawyer and get the police, but such rare instances. Most of the things that I've seen where people have overreacted, they deal with dogs, they deal with kids, they deal with maybe somebody smoking cigarettes if you're in a condo on the unit below. Now, I want to touch real quick on condos because condos are regulated by a condo board and there's always there's always rules that, that come out. There's homeowners rules and and they're generally called bylaws. You can look in the bylaws to see what's permissible and what's not permissible. And if somebody is doing something like perhaps smoking on their deck and that smoke is, is going up to your deck and it's causing you to um, either not want to sit outside, maybe there is an ordinance, not an ordinance, but maybe there's a bylaw that says that if you want to smoke, you can't do it, you know, outside or, or whatever the case may be, but it would be in the bylaw and you'd check the bylaw and then you'd go and you'd, do something about it but i would again employ the same approach go down to the next the, the tenant below you the the condo owner a condo unit owner below you and say look i know you know you smoke but when you smoke outside it goes up to my deck my kids are out there trying to play could you please maybe not do it there and see what they say and then of course if they react harshly and now they're doing it all day long and they have all their friends out there. Well, yes, then you're going to have to go to the, the condo board and say, look, I've got a problem. Here's the bylaw. Here's what he's doing. And I want this stopped. And, and you know, then you have no choice. But my, my main point to April and to everyone listening, my main point is don't be so eager to be litigious You know, file a lawsuit, get a lawyer, or to have the police come to deal with a neighbor dispute, because I think that your intended outcome, what you think will happen, I think you're going to get a situation like so many people see, where they call the police because they're so angry about something, and the police say, listen, that's a civil matter, we can't help you. Meanwhile, that neighbor is so enraged, how dare you call the police? So I think that, you know, looking at the statistics, looking at what I've seen professionally and what seems to work for most people, go talk to your neighbor. Do you know that a lot of times I've seen uh, litigation or complaints filed and maybe there'll be a judge who says to the party, I have your complaint here. I have some questions for you. Maybe it's at a motion hearing or something. How many times prior to filing the complaint did you speak with or attempt to speak to your neighbor about this issue? And you know how many times people say never? And the judge is like, what? What do you mean never? You're wasting my time and you didn't even try to resolve this on your own? You know, then they get all worked up. But it's surprising to think that you wouldn't go out and kill your neighbor you'd rather go call the police or file a lawsuit. I think that part of it is because sometimes we don't want to deal with that confrontation. We'd rather that somebody else deal with it. And I know a lot of people are non-confrontational and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't want to go out and cause a problem. I want to come home to my house and I want to live peacefully. I don't want a big dispute with my neighbor. I don't want a problem. So I'm not looking for a fight and if, if something were to come about that I don't like, even if it's super uncomfortable, I'm going to go talk to them first. You know, and, and another tip for you if you are going to be doing work at your house, even if you go down to the town hall and you get your permit and you're legal in the town's mind, you know, it, it's still a nice thing to just reach out to your neighbor and say, hey, listen, by the way, I'm going to have a fence being installed. Or hey, listen, I'm going to have landscapers come to put in some trees, and I just want to let you know because um, they're going to come at eight o'clock in the morning. That little bit of courtesy, which we've, we've lost somewhere along the way, um, and maybe there's maybe there's there's places out in other areas of the country where it's still that small town mentality and, and you're, you're courteous and kind, but for the most part here on the East Coast. In in northern Jersey, where I live, you know, I don't know, kindness and courtesy have gone out the window. And instead, we resort to threatening legal letters and, you know, aggressive behavior to deal with things that we don't like. And that's unfortunate because you don't resolve your problems that way. You know, I mean, so many times I've seen lawsuits started by people who were at fault for something, and yet they won't accept responsibility for it. So they sue somebody else, and they're able to blame somebody else. And, look, there's a time and a place for a lawsuit. It's not every time something happens. It's not every time there's a problem. And people like that are ultimately, whether they want to admit it or not, unhappy people, you know. The other day, I received a call from somebody who was talking about an issue in their neighborhood and that the entire neighborhood has turned against them and is doing things to them. And some of what was being said just seemed so unbelievable that it was like a movie. And, you know, my initial thought when hearing some of these things was, oh, I wonder how much of this, you know, you've either taken out of context, blown out of proportion, or how much of it is something that perhaps you created. And you know, I hate to say that because I'm not saying it's always your fault, not at all, but I like to look first at myself and and at least I try to do that to say, well, look, My neighbor's complaining about something. My neighbor's complaining because my kid's playing the drums. When is he playing drums? Is it at nine o'clock at night? You know, I never thought, could you hear the drums from outside the house? Like, you've got to go back and you've just got to employ some of these, these common courtesies, these human courtesies and a little bit of kindness. And I wish that we could all do that a little bit more. You know, this is a business and legal show, a personal success show. Why would I be talking about kindness? Well, I believe that our business world would be so much better if we employed kindness. Some of the best companies in this country have very high standards and they're kind and they're giving and they're, you know, rewarded by having a successful business. But It's not by stepping over everybody to get to the top, but there's only a few, there's only a handful of companies that I can even think of that employ those types of, uh, of moral characteristics and behaviors. And I think that we get so caught up with suing and so caught up with anger and with blame that we oftentimes end up hurting ourselves well beyond what we believe the other person has hurt us. And I think that if we could all take a step back, take a deep breath, look at what we're angry about, and then do the reasonable, responsible thing, communicate, try to resolve, I think we'd be a lot better off. I think that we'd all live longer. I think that we would have less stress. Maybe I'd even have hair. Um, you know, I just feel as though we're too quick to pull that trigger. We're too quick to say "screw you" and then pull out, you know, your guns with all barrels locked and loaded. I, I just feel as though that's the wrong message that we're sending. And the ease of starting litigation, the ease of filing a lawsuit. Remember, all you need is a good faith basis. Good faith basis could be anything that you think is good faith. Yeah, I really, really believe that my neighbor is out to get me and has, you know, laced my um, koi pond with poison. That's why all the fish are dead. Is it reasonable? Uh, Who the heck knows? But if you believe it, well, that's a good enough reason to file a suit, right? Good faith basis. Come on. We just need to be more responsible as people we need and and look this isn't meant to be a preachy lecture about being good but i just feel as though especially in situations like neighbor disputes we're much better off to try to resolve that dispute than to take it to the next level because here's the thing most of the time your neighbor is not going to move you're going to be stuck with that neighbor for as long as either they own the house or you own yours so what is the point of creating massive tension, going, you know, guns blazing at them because you're gonna to have to live with them. There was a family that I knew who had an issue with a neighbor across the street. And instead of trying to resolve it, and it had to do with their property, the the look of their property, leaving garbage cans out too long, um, they had a lot of landscaping uh, work being done and there was mounds of mulch and dirt. It, it upset the people across the street. They didn't want to look at it all day long. So one day, instead of communicating with the person and saying, you know, look, I'm just curious, how much longer is this going to go on? Um, you know, what what's wh- what is this going to be? Uh, done what are you guys doing And you know something right they're not gonna stop what they're doing because you don't like to look at their mounds of mulch well this guy took his pickup truck and drove over the piles of mulch on the person's lawn over and over and back and forth and obviously dispersed all the mulch all over the place ran up on their lawn and while it didn't create any real damage to their property, it was such an aggressive approach to trying to resolve this that uh, it led to years of fighting to the point where both neighbors ended up getting security cameras pointed at each other. I mean, it was like the, the Cold War. It was like, you know, the Soviet Union and the U.S. It was really bad. And every time something happened, the one neighbor would think that the other did it on purpose. Oh, they deliberately did that to me. They knew I would be watching. You know, let's all take a deep breath because I know that plaintiffs' lawyers love lawsuits. That's how they make their living. And I understand it. I understand where they're coming from. But let's take a deep breath. Let's just take a step back and say, you know, maybe lawsuits aren't all they're cracked up to be. Maybe they're not, you know, the way to go all the time. Maybe we should employ other methods, communication, openness, honesty. Man, if those principles were more prominent today, I think we'd be a much better country, better people. And I think that we'd have a lot less lawyers, which would be a good thing. And a lot less hostility. Just, you know, don't automatically pull that trigger. Don't automatically say that's it. I'm coming for you, especially with neighbors. Now, Let me go back to April's question, and I hope that that gives you an overview of how I believe you should proceed with neighbor disputes. Um, But April said that she's having a terrible time with her neighbors, and they argue with her over everything, including the apple tree, branches, obviously, that hang over into their property, the driveway, the noise my kids make everything. Now, April says here in her comment, all of the complaints are unjustified. Now, April, I don't want you to be mad at me for saying this. But first thing I want you to do is I want you to really take stock and analyze what their complaints are. Do they have any um, grounds to make these complaints? Are there is there anything that you're doing that maybe makes their complaint justifiable even though you say that you know, it's, it's not justifiable. Is there a problem with your driveway? Well, you don't indicate in the question what it is, but is there a problem with it? What about your kids? I mean, what kind of noise are they making? The, the noise that all kids make during the day while they're playing, or is it something different? Um, you know, there was a, there was, um, a, a person who lived next door to a guy that was a drummer in a, in a band, and they were trying to go, um, you know, break into the music industry. And this guy would drum all day and all night i mean drum all night long 10 o'clock 11 o'clock and he's drumming and drumming and drumming and drumming the people on both sides could hear it even the people across the street now this guy had built in his basement what he considered to be a soundproof drumming studio he had foam up on the walls but it wasn't soundproof finally after a lot of of talk Some of these neighbors gathered together and they approached him politely, kindly, knocked on his door and said, listen, you know, we live over here. We live over there. And your drumming is super annoying. It's super loud. Is there anything you can do? Is there any way that maybe you could stop drumming at nine o'clock at night? And the guy said, oh, man, I'm totally sorry. I didn't even know. You know, I built this room. I put some soundproofing. Up. I'm I'm so so sorry. I'm going to look to see if I can get the the room professionally soundproofed. I did this myself and I feel terrible. I really had no idea. And you know what? They all became friends. As crazy as that might sound. So, moral of the story is in a neighbor dispute, don't jump the gun. You know, the drummer didn't know, but there was really a good basis for the neighbors to complain about what he was doing. So April, that's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to look and see, you know, realistically be as objective as possible. Is there anything that you're doing that justifies a complaint? If not, which might be the case because you might just have bad neighbors, really bad neighbors. Okay. If not, then, you know, you have to start, I think, protecting yourself, you know, document things that go on, maybe open a dialogue with the neighbors. And if that doesn't go anywhere, you know, as long as I think you're aware of the situation, there's not much you can do until they take some sort of action against you. You can install security cameras to watch and, you know, whatever it is that you feel you need to do. But... Again, I would open that dialogue. And if you are objective and look and see, well, maybe there is an issue, then why don't you go and have that dialogue and say, look, you know, I didn't realize it, but um, when I pull into my driveway, I, I always pull on your lawn or, or whatever the, the situation is. Just be honest first and see if there is justifiable reason for them to complain. And then, Try to resolve it. Try to talk to them. And if that doesn't work, and now here, you're the victim, right? And you're the one that that has these neighbors. Then, you know, maybe you put a security camera in the window so you can make sure that nothing happens. But again, I, I'm assuming that your neighbors are going to be in that 2% of people. Those unreasonable, those overly aggressive people. I don't know. Your neighbors could just be, you know, sensitive, noise sensitive or whatever. But you're not gonna know until you take honest assessment of your situation and then open a dialogue and then move from there through those steps that I talked about. You know, after that dialogue, see where that goes. Maybe you have to put something in writing, but you know, you're gonna be living next to these people. You're best off trying to resolve it amicably, okay? Um, that's my best advice. That is the best that I can do with respect to neighbor disputes, because I know that you might go to a lawyer who says, oh yes, sue the bastards. Yeah. They don't have to live next to the bastards. They don't have to live next door for the next 10, 15 years of their lives. So, you know, sometimes it's not always about being right. It's about working things out. It's about compromise. You know, there's nothing you can do about your neighbor unless you move. You're not going to change their personality. You're not going to change who they are, what they like, what their sensitivities are. You can't do anything about that. All you can do is adjust how you handle the situation. Don't get yourself locked into a year of litigation, Hang an attorney, try to resolve it in the way that I've outlined. All right, well, April, I want to thank you again, April Evans from Glens Falls, New York. Thank you for submitting your question. You're going to be receiving a UTL Radio mug. And uh, I hope that your situation improves and that this was helpful for you. Now, everybody out there who's listening, I'd love to hear your comments and feedback. Maybe share with me a story that you have dealt with with your neighbors. I'd love to hear it. Maybe we'll talk about it on the air and, um, and maybe I can answer a question or two for you. So if you have questions and you'd like them to be discussed on UTL radio on our Tuesday show, submit them. You can do so via email. The email address is on utlradio.com. You can do it through the comments section in um, YouTube. You can send me a tweet, put it posted on Facebook. Go to Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever it is that we are, you can go and leave me a comment, and I will be starting to pick it up. The other thing you can do if you're interested is go to utlradio.com and go to the Ask a Question tab or page, and you can record your question directly into your computer. And it's, I get it like a voicemail, and then I can answer your question live on air. Or if you prefer that it not be answered on air, let me know, and we'll still answer the question for you. So that's going to do it. I want to remind you that tomorrow we are going to be back with on a different note. Um, thus far, we don't have a guest slated for tomorrow's show. We are working because it is a brand new show that we're we're putting together, and we're working on um, having new people come in. As a matter of fact, the end of the month we're going to have the Willis clan. They have a show on TLC that that aired last season. They're also uh, well known for their appearance on America's Got Talent. They are a family of musicians, incredible music, really incredible music, and a really nice-looking family, nice acting. Uh, They all work together. I mean, imagine being in a band with your siblings. Most of us can't even, you know, go to a baseball game with our siblings without some sort of problem. So uh, we're going to have them on the Wednesday show. And then this Thursday... The creator, founder of Death Wish Coffee, which I'm super, super excited about, will be on to talk about his experience in creating the brand, marketing, branding, how he came up with the idea, how he created the product, what his biggest challenges are, what he's learned. It's really going to be a great show, so I'm super excited about that. That's 10 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday, and we'll be doing it um, obviously live on blog talk radio, most likely we'll be streaming that interview live on YouTube live. um, But we'll, we'll see where that goes. and i will update you on that. That's going to do it for today. Please again, make sure you go to utlradio.com and check out all of the things that we have going on, including brand new meetups that we're working on scheduling in the local area and throughout the country. So we're excited about that. And, um, you know, again, if you could just take the time to leave me a comment, some feedback, a positive review, just let me know what you think. I would really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate it. And it would help me and help the show. So thank you so much for downloading, for listening, for tuning in, for being part of the UTL Radio family. And remember that UTL Radio is really your business success and legal information station. We want it to help you personally, business-wise, professionally, and in your in your home life. We want it to be something that you benefit from, from the topics we talk about and the guests that we interview. That's going to do it for today. Thanks again. Have a great day. Stick around this week. Come back. Join me for uh, the show tomorrow and Thursday. And remember that there's power in understanding. <laughs>